Terry in the backfield. He gets the handoff. Tries the left side to the five. What is going on? This is another episode of the Bill Jack Podcast. I'm your host, JT. And today I got uh, my, my guy with me, Greg, the sports bully, Boucher. What's up, people? What's up? And uh, Greg is uh, standing in for James NFL Pedigree Malley today. He's not with us today. He's getting pumped up for this, uh, this, AFC, champion, he's at this AFC East Championship. He's, too, he's still uh, still just too pumped up, man. I've been partying. But uh, mm. we're going to handle business today on this show. As Stevie Johnson would say, and uh, we're going to talk about, um, you know, what this AFC East championship means to not only the Bills organization, but the city as a whole and Bills Mafia as a fan base, because some of the reactions that we got to see after the Bills win this thing were just absolutely crazy. I mean, we got people crying. We got people jumping through tables. We got people running through the living room, screaming, hugging each other. And, you know, we want to get down to the nitty gritty of, of what this means, because this means a lot more, I think, to the community of Buffalo than it's let on. And maybe that the world knows. Greg, I mean, Greg, what do, what do you think about them winning this title? I, I, I mean, I, like you said, I, I think it's a huge, huge thing. And we've been waiting for a real long time to have something credible to, to get behind this team. I mean, we've been through some real dark years, um, you know, where the franchise just seemed like it's, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And, you know, within the last couple of years where we finally have climbed that mountain and we're, we're almost to the top of it. I, I think it's a huge, huge feeling for Bill's mafia, Bill's fans. And I think it's a great thing for the NFL to have a team like the Bill's to uh, resurge and, and be legitimate and have all the hype around it. I think it's a great thing. And, you know, it's been a long time coming for a lot of people who've been around for, you know, that, that 20 year plus drought. Right. You know, you talk about the drought. I mean, and it's almost become a word that is just synonymous with Buffalo, the word drought, you know, we, it got so used, we got so used to it here that it just became a part of our vocabulary. Like this was the drought. This what it was. What it was, and it felt like we were never going to get out of it. You know, and I think you tie a lot of the success to any franchise to a quarterback, and then you go down. You know, the history of Buffalo quarterbacks, and it was just a carousel of you know fillers and bums and patchwork people year after year after year, and you know you look back with you know the success of a quarterback, you know, to the success of a franchise, and you know, since, you know, Jim Kelly, we've really struggled. And, and you, people say Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly hasn't thrown a football in decades. And that's how long it's really been yeah. since Buffalo has found a guy that we can get behind. Now, you know, granted, you know, um, Drew Bledsoe, you know, had some success. Fitzpatrick had a little bit of success. Um, you know, Doug Flutie had a little bit of success. We haven't had any sustained quarterback success to really guide this franchise in years. Now, Obviously, it's, it's no mystery. We get Josh Allen. We get him playing right. We get the pieces around him. And we're AFC East champions. You know, I, I think all those ingredients got put into the pie. Yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's crazy because, you know, I find myself, and much like you, I know we're around the same age. So we were around to see the AFC East championships, the Super Bowls, and things that such being played. 
So, you know, we've actually seen this franchise win, but you talk to some of these younger fans, and I forget because, you know, we get into these arguments with people on social media. And like, dude, stop whining. Stop complaining. You know, you, you know what you're talking about. It's not that bad. And this kid's 20 years old, and you realize, like, oh, shoot. This dude literally has never, never seen, <laughs> seen an AFC East championship. Like, my bad. Mm. I didn't even realize that, you know. Um, and it's crazy that it's been that long. Like, this has been – almost a quarter of some people's lives that yeah. the Bills did not win the AFC championship. And to you, does this feel like different? Because obviously when we broke the drought, um, when we made the playoffs with the Bengals um, re reception, I remember I was going crazy when that happened. I mean, I, I lost my mind probably, but temporary insanity. But this felt like, this felt different. This felt like a big weight left off the, lifted off the shoulders of the, or I should say the Patriots dynasty lifted off our shoulders. Like we're finally there. I, I, I agree. You have, you go back to the Bengals thing. I felt like that was more of a, a mathematical equation than it was the success of the bills getting in, you know, we, you know, we needed a lot of help from a lot of different people this year. It feels like, you know, we just, we bought our lunch pails and our hard hats to work from, from game one. And we've earned this thing. You know, we set out and, and we beat the opponents that we were supposed to beat and we got where we we're supposed to be. Um, the one thing, and I wanted to ask you, does it feel that we've we've unseated and dethroned the Patriots without Tom Brady there? How how do you feel about all that coming into play? Is it you know would it been is it a little bit bittersweet a year later? You know, for me, and I you know this is a question that a lot of fans were asking, and I know over the last couple of years I've seen a lot of fans say the same thing. It doesn't count unless if, unless Brady's there. Well, I disagree. To me. Winning is winning. I mean, you, you play against who, who's on across the field from you. And he's not on the field anymore over there. Just like there was a point in time when Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and Bruce Smith was not on the field across from Miami, the Jets, the, yeah. Colts, the Colts at the time. Because remember, if we remember correctly, it's really the Colts who unseated the Bills mm. um, as they see before they got moved in the um, realignment there. But, you know, to me, no, it's not bittersweet because I – I look at Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know about you, but I look at him as the greatest quarterback of all time. And because I look at him that way, I'm like, well, you know what? It would have been nice, but I'll take it however I can get it. I, I think I'm in the, in the same camp with you. You know, would I have loved it? You know, we had gone through New England and, and beat Tom Brady. And, you know, that would have been a great feeling, especially after all the years of just getting abused by them. You know, it, it finally, like we got all our, our – you know, chips on the table, we, we would have beat them. Um, but like I said, you got to beat who you could play. Um, I don't think it takes anything. I don't think it detracts at all from the, the championship and, and the season that we've had thus far. Um, I think as a, a fan, I would have liked to see, because like you said, I, I also agree with you. I think hands down, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback to have stepped on the field and done the things he's done for as long as he's done, done them and he's still doing them. Um, so it would have been nice to see that as a fan, to finally get that little bit of feeling, especially being from New England, like, like I am, you know, I got, I got family members, I got friends and it's, it's Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. So it would have been nice to finally, finally, after all these years to get a little something on them, you know, for us. You know, the other thing for me, the second part, I guess, of that equation, if it not, it was not being bittersweet to me is because Tom Brady's still in the league playing. Yeah. It's not like Tom Brady retired and it's like, oh, I'm leaving, guys. I'm done beating you. It's New England. You moved on from him. You, Bill Belichick, you made a choice 
to move on from him, to bring in Cam Newton, to put Jared Stidham in a, a horrible marketing campaign in a throne chair. Mm. And you thought you could still be, you thought you could still go win this division. Yeah. And there's, there's a small part of me that's kind of glad it worked out the way it did, uh, you know, in a sense where, you know, the, the dynasty has kind of, you know, been disassembled and, and broken up, broken up and, and the pieces are kind of falling apart. So, you know, I would have liked to have beaten them, but it's also a good feeling to know that they're kind of broken up and, and the path to the top um, isn't, isn't stonewalled by the, the New England dynasty anymore. Right. You know, and that's, that's just it. You know, they're not in front of us anymore. Now, do I think they're completely dead and depleted? Absolutely not. This is a team that they still have a lot of their core coming back next year. They have, I think, 90 are projected 92 to $93 million in cap space. They're going to have draft picks and they're going to have some assets to trade and people like Julian Edelman, if they want to move on, Stefan Gilmore is a huge trade asset. And I think they will move on from him personally. Um, not to get too far off task. Yeah. But if we can do it again, then I think we've officially dethroned them. Yeah, I, I think you have the, you know, if you, you look at the, where they have the arrows projecting up and the, you know, stocks projecting down, I obviously the bills are, are on, a, on a huge uptick. You know, all, all signs are pointing to the top, um, you know, bringing in digs and doing those things. And then like you said, we also have some, some moves to be made this offseason and some draft picks and stuff. And I think we could definitely shore up in, in, on our defense in certain areas and across our offensive line. Um, but the thing is in place. If you really look at the pieces that we have, the youth that we have, I mean, obviously when we said it earlier, you look at the success of any franchise, any winning franchise that sustained success, it's come from that quarterback. Um, and we have that guy. I, I think he's, I think he's proven it. I think he's taken that step forward and we have two young running backs. We have a couple key offensive linemen. We have, obviously we have Stefan Diggs, um, Cole Beasley. We got uh, Gabriel Davis is a young talent. Um, I'm on the fence about Knox, but we have a lot of young players offensively and we have a lot of young players defensively. I think we are definitely, in the mold to take that next step for sustained prolonged success. And I agree. You know, when you look at a quarterback and I, I look at Ben Roethlisberger, because I know that this Bills franchise, we took a lot of different pieces and keys of how Pittsburgh built their dynasty over the years. And we brought that to Buffalo, especially when um, Ralph Wilson's regime was still in order here. You know, he loved what Pittsburgh's dynasty did. And we actually ended up bringing a lot of people from Pittsburgh. as like Mike Malarka, Lee, Doug Whaley, different people over time. Um, you know, he's been through about two resets now. You know, they've hit the reset button probably about twice in his career now over there in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, and now they're still winning. And I think that's something that we can do in Buffalo. And they've been, what, kings of the AFC North for a while. Well, I, I think one of the big things that if, if you look at the, the Steelers franchise is that they've drafted extremely well year in and year out. They've gotten the pieces that they've always needed. It, they always seem to make that, oh, wow, Pittsburgh got them kind of draft picks, you know, in the tops of the rounds. And, and they've had success with them. I think Buffalo, if you, you look, you know, past these last couple of years, we haven't had that kind of success um, drafting players and developing players. You know, um, I think that's kind of what's separated our franchises is the, the drafting and developing players. Especially the developing part, because, it, you know, what was really a big pain in the butt was years of seeing guys who were here. We couldn't find their right niche and then they'll go somewhere else. And it's like, damn, where does where does guy come from? Yeah. Like, they, they didn't play like this over here, you know, and. You know, people wanted to make it about the player, but it wasn't. It was about an organization. That's what it was about. And then the players we did develop, 
they 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 bounced on us. They were gone. You know, yeah. I think that the recipe in Buffalo, you know, not being a major market, um, the 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 long years of not having success, not having stability, um, you know, coaching stability, staff stability, all that stuff, front office, you know, detracted, you know, people from wanting to come and play here or stay here once they were here. Um, and I think that's, you know, you could tell that that's changing. You know, I, I think bringing in Stefan Diggs, a high marquee player who's enjoying it, who's loving it, is embracing Bill's mafia and, you know, having a, a young guy like Josh Allen, who's the poster boy and the face of the franchise, being so well liked and embraced nationally, I think it's Buffalo is starting to turn in to that place to be. It's funny how much a quarterback can change the entire perception of your entire franchise. You know, I, I often wonder because obviously we know Aaron Rodgers' days in Green Bay are going to come to an end sooner than later. Yeah. And obviously they were blessed with the situation where they had Aaron Rodgers to immediately replace Brett Favre when leaving. And I just wonder what type of market is Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers? What type of free agent destination is that without Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, but I mean, you, you look at the history. I mean, you've gone from Brett Favre and, and the years of success they've had. And, you know, obviously, you know, going way back into history, the, the success they've had there. But you look, in, you know, to the, the Favre years and the success, and, and it kind of continued to roll with Rodgers. And they had a couple bumps in the road with Rodgers, just like they had with Favre. But, you know, overall, they've always been competitive. And I, I've always looked at Buffalo like Green Bay, you know, where it's, it's kind of a, an off-the-beaten-path. It's, it's not a, a you know, high-profile city. And it's, it's, you could see that the, the love for the it, – it's a community team – that the people really there live and die for their franchise and they, they follow and they're into it. And I've always seen Buffalo and, and Green Bay in, in the same context. And I, I think we could both build that same way. Right. And that's why I brought them up because I look at them very similar in a very similar situation as too. Because like I said, when you're talking to this 22, 23 year old kid that's coming out the draft, they don't know where Buffalo is most of the time. They don't know where Green Bay is most of the time. They yeah. know what general area. They don't know where it is. They yeah, don't know what's cold. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the first thing they're thinking when they're drafted there. Or you get that 26, 27-year-old now free agent. That's a premier free agent. He's been playing on a bad team, and now he's looking for big-time money. These two locations are not normally your first locations to go to. Um, obviously, we saw Reggie White kind of change that way back when. Um, when he surprisingly signed with Green Bay going against the grain with um, NFL freight free agency. But it seemed like now Buffalo is going to be a hot spot, just like it was a couple of years ago when you had people like Julius Peppers and Charles Woodson and those guys signing with Green Bay because you knew you had a quarterback in place. That's, oh, no, that's you're hitting right. I mean, it's, it's success. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you have, and I mean, obviously our success comes, you know, from Josh Allen and that trickles down to all, to all the, you know, other parts of the game. But we, we have that thing in place, and I think these next couple of years are going to be really exciting, you know, depending on with cap space. But I think we're going to really attract some of these major players that we would want here that we haven't been able to get in the past because the stigma about not only Buffalo being a, you know, an unattractive city in terms of comparable to, to the Miamis and the New Yorks and the spotlights and the, and the big media centers, but not being successful. You know, I, I, I think I, I – would say that plays some role in people choosing where they want to go. Yes, obviously money is always priority number one, but being able to make your money and have success and be able to move on and be competitive every year is an attractive option. And I think Buffalo is proving to be that option. 
Right. You're going to get to the point where you're going to be getting those free agent guys, especially after winning this AFC East title. You know, the guy who's sitting on the market past July 1st, looking for a home now, still can play. Maybe he, maybe he outpriced himself like a Jadavian Clowney did this past mm-hmm. offseason. And he's going to take that one-year deal to come to Buffalo. Well, you know what? That's cool. If I'm going to take this one-year deal, I'm going to go with a good organization I'm going to go in. Or you may get, like I said, you may get that guy that's 26, 27 years old, been playing somewhere, God knows, like Jacksonville for four years, been stuck in purgatory of winning. And you say, you know what? That's cool. I'm going to take this $60 million, but I'm going to win as well. Yeah. yeah, I think that's, like I said, we, we have a lot of options now. We, we have a, you know, we've we got a good product to sell now. And I, I think that's going to be attractive to people finally. Right. You know, and, you know, going forward, people are going to be talking a lot about more about Buffalo than uh, chicken wings. You know, we may be talking about rings soon. Yeah. It's, I'll tell you what, and we spoke about this before. I, I thought we had a good team. You know, I, I think last year was kind of a um, paper champion kind of feeling that we, we played a lot of teams that weren't very good and we, we kind of scrapped out some wins. Um, and, you know, I was never, I wasn't hundred percent confident in, in the team that we had. You know, I, I think Josh Allen was still trying to find his way. I, I think our defense was, you know, def- definitely not consistent enough, but um, you know, the Houston game opened my eyes and I, I unfortunately we lost the game, but we proved that we could play the big game and we can get in the postseason. Um, but seeing this team this year, we've definitely proven, and, and I'm a believer now, I don't think the road to a Super Bowl is easy by any means. And there's a lot of teams in the AFC that, that definitely concern me, especially what they do as opposed to what, what our weaknesses are. But I think, you know, we can get hot like any other team's gotten hot. And I, I think a Super Bowl is a very realistic possibility this year. Right. It's not a, it's not a, uh, we call it a Russ Brandon marketing tool mm-hmm. or marketing ploy it's it's realistic it's right there in front of us and like i said not saying that we we can't get there but there's nobody in the nfl that I look at and say hey this bills team cannot beat no i, I agree 100 like i said there's teams that concern me right. you know i think to get out of the afc I, I think obviously you have to look at what kansas city is able to do and what they do well as to po- as opposed to what we struggle with um, you know, they could fling the ball over the field and, you know, with their ability to, to stretch the field, that's, that's not exactly our strength. Um, getting to getting to the quarterback is not our strength. So they, they, they make me a little bit nervous. Um, you look at um, what Tennessee's able to do in terms of running the ball, even though tonight they're struggling a little bit, but their ability to just pound the rock and pound the rock, um, you know, that's not our strong suit. You know, and even and right now, um, the Miami game is, is a, a concern you know, what they're, what they're able to do and the talent they have down there. But, um, you know, the road, the road forward, you know, isn't an easy one, but I think we have the talent. And like I said, I don't, there's no team that I don't think we can't beat. I told, I got to agree. I, I have to agree. And, you know, that's why I say this is a totally different feeling. Um, you know, I came into this season personally saying that the Bills had to win the AFC East. There was no Tom Brady. That means there's no excuse not to win the AFC East. And they won it, and I think they won it pretty convincingly. Yeah, you had a late push from Miami, but, no, they've controlled this thing throughout. They've never lost control. And, uh, actually, this could be the first year, right, since in a while that they they go undefeated in the AFC East. In the AFC, yeah, uh, with two more games remaining. I, I mean, my, my feeling with them was – you know, up until these last couple games, I just wanted to see them see it through for four quarters. 
you know, I, I felt like there was too many instances where we were the better team and we let a team that wasn't playing as well as us stay around. Um, and that scared me because, you know, come the playoffs, you know, uh, you know, a point or two, one way or the other, a bad play here or there throws the whole thing off. Um, so that was my concern is I wanted to see this team play four quarters on all three sides of the ball and just dominate an opponent. And I feel like we've been doing that these last couple of weeks. And so I'm over that little bit of a fear that we're just not capable of playing a four quarter game. Um, and like I said, you get into the postseason, you don't show up for, for the third quarter and, and that could be a wrap. Man, you're right. I mean, that's, that's point on. I mean, we looked at what happened to Houston last year. You know, we didn't show up for what, a quarter and a half and yeah, that was it. That was that was game. Um, you know, you, you can't expect to get too much separation in the playoffs. I mean, even if you really want to look back at the AFC playoffs last year, look how much separation the Titans and the Texans both had on the Chiefs. Yeah. And as you said, if you don't show up the entire game, you can be out. Go back to the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. The 49ers didn't show up for a quarter, and guess what? Yeah. Game over. <laughs> You're not champions. You're paper. Yeah. Congratulations for attending. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, I, I think we're starting to check all the boxes. Um, I'm definitely excited. I'm confident. Um, I, I don't think not getting the Super Bowl will be a disappointment this year. Uh, I think we've just taken that next step. You know, we're starting to, we're playing better, you know, 10 wins last year. We're, we're going to be over 10 this year. You know, I, I think we're taking that step forward. So it's not a Super Bowl or bust for us, but to me, I, I think our next, next big, you know, you know, gorilla in the corner yep. is getting that playoff win. Yeah, right. You know? And you're going to get a home game. That's it. And getting to the dance before was just, hey, we made it to the playoffs. Let's let's congratulate. Let's clap. And, and if we were here, who cares what happened? We finally got, got that thing there. We're over that now. We need to see a win. We need to see some progress. We need to go ahead and make this thing competitive and make it interesting. And then, you know, obviously, if we don't win a Super Bowl, take a look back and say, okay, where do we need – to, to fix and what do we need to build on and what are our holes that kept us from winning that Super Bowl? You know, they've been so good about fixing those few holes that they go into the offseason with. You know, some teams wait and wait and wait and wait forever to fix certain holes until it's way too late. And one thing I can give uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bain and this regime as a whole is they fix those holes immediately. They don't wait. They don't BS around. They're like, okay, this is the problem. We're going to address this now. This offseason, right now, we're not waiting. Well, I mean, I agree with you to some extent. I mean, we, we realized that Josh Allen literally in his first year was throwing to, you know, walk-ons and, and, and people <laughs> of that nature. And in order for this kid to, to see his full potential, they needed to give him some help. And they went out, and, and I think they made a concerted effort going out and getting Brown and, and getting Beasley and, and trading for Diggs and drafting some guys. And so, obviously, they got him some help, and, it's, and look what it's done. Um, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. You know, there's some holes where I, I felt like these last couple of seasons, you know, this cornerback too has been an absolute glaring hole that they've just, I feel like they've failed to address through free agency, through the draft. And I, I think, you know, there's a part of me that believes that they really believe in their players and they want the guys like the Levi Wallace's to finally step up and take the reign. And I think it's, it's sometimes their, their Achilles heel where they're putting too much faith in a player and the, and the productivity is not there, and they need to walk away from that or replace that player. You know, I when it comes to the cornerback spot, and, and it's, it's very interesting um, of how they're going to handle it moving forward, because I kind of felt like they tried to address it, 
by a couple of the ways, but I wonder if, if it was the because obviously we know that's one of the, the four expensive positions in the NFL. That's an expect and the way the more the teams pass 40 yeah. and 50 times a game is only going to get more and more expensive. I felt like they're trying to control the money allocation a little bit to that spot. And I and I know we've talked about the defensive line price tag as a whole. So maybe that's something they look at in the office and say, okay, maybe we take some money off this expensive defensive line that we've had the most expensive defensive line three years in a row in the NFL and allocate a little bit to that number two spot or high draft pick. Well, and, and I think that's what it is, is addressing what a draft pick. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a, a marquee free agent player to come in and fill that role. I, I just think, you know, adding some, some competition and, and not just bringing a guy in to call it competition, but bringing somebody who could legitimately play. I think the Josh Norman experiment, you know, look good on paper you know we have a guy who had some credentials but the guy really hasn't played well in in, in years um right, you know, you're right. He's, he's, he's older and he, he's got banged up so to me that was kind of just putting a band-aid you know on a on a, on a you know gunshot wound um you know <laughs> it was one of those things where it's a, a low risk high reward but more times than not it's gonna it's 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 not gonna pay off and, and it hasn't this year um so you know and, and you know, not to get too far off topic, but, you know, building the franchise and putting the pieces in place. I just want to see a stop going after Carolina only players. I, that seems to be, that just baffles me that that's our only seems to keep going back to the well time and time again. <laughs> and, and it wouldn't bother me so much if Carolina was winning championships every year, you know, that they haven't been very, very good in a couple of years, but yet we're still plucking players <laughs> off that team. Right. So, yes. you know, we, we need to start pulling people off the Ravens and the Packers and, and teams like that, you know, the, the contenders. Yeah. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I, it's not going to be nothing left off that Panther, that Panther bone because Ron Rivera took what was left direct, the, uh, what was yeah. Of it to Washington with them. Yeah, so, there's nothing there for us anymore. No, there's nothing left. And I think someone asked Sean McDermott about that earlier this season. He said, you know, the further we, we've getting away from that because, you know, the staff is not the same. No, you're getting away from it because ain't nobody left. Yeah, you've, you've, you've picked a, there's no more apples on the tree, man. It's, it's bare fruit now. Right. But hey, man, this was a good segment. You know, I, I think overall, I'm, I'm happy that the Bills did win the AFC East. I feel like this is going to be a big confidence boost, not only to this season, but going to ne- going into the next couple of seasons that they are the Kings at AFC season and that they're going to want to stay that way. Oh, I mean, it's the first off season in a long time that I've, as a fan felt relevant. You know, I felt like where the conversation is going to come through me. People are going to talk about the bills and Hey, man, the bills look good. Hey, Josh Allen. I like that kid. Oh, you guys look good. Diggs looks great, man. Hey, bills, man, keep on doing your thing. So I, as a fan, I'm extremely excited about the position we're in. I'm very, very optimistic. I, I guess we said earlier, I don't think there's a team that we can't beat. We got to play our best game and show for four quarters, but there's, there's no doubt in my mind that this team that we have right now is capable of going all the way and winning the Super Bowl. I cannot disagree with that. And uh, even a relevant point, yes, this is, it feels real now. Like it feels like, feels like we belong in the room. Yeah. We're not in the banquet room with jeans and a t-shirt and everybody else in three-piece tuxes. Yep. We're in the room too and we belong there and people see us and they notice us. When we walk in a room, they know that the Buffalo Bills are here and they acknowledge us as that. And that's a very good feeling in my opinion. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I said, just as a fan to, to get on the couch, watch the game and, and have people hype up your team. It's a good feeling, man. It's been a long, long time coming. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to relish – every minute of it. Cause we also know it could be gone in a heartbeat. 
you know, so enjoy every moment of it and, and, you know, hope for the best and, and watch them go all the way, you know? Hey guys, this is a great segment. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I want to give a special thanks to my co-host tonight, uh, Greg, the sports bully voucher jumping um, in. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad to be here, man. Anytime you need it, man. Bills mafia, go bills. That's it. Go bills. Catch you guys later. Catch your next segment. Make sure you tune in. The Buffalo Bills